are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. of the Ascended Masters have been called the path above the path. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door, Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. Hello everyone and welcome to The Open Door, the official internet radio channel of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters, the saints and sages of East and West from all major world religions. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Ross Brunson. Each week we'll explore important dimensions of the spiritual journey. Today we're focusing on the question, who are we really, and what is the truth about our higher nature? Here in an interview entitled Your Real Self, world-renowned author, teacher, and spiritual leader Elizabeth Clare Prophet gets to the heart of this question. Our interviewer is Doug Kenyon. The mystical truths in religions East and West are brought to light again and made relevant for our time by Elizabeth Clare Prophet world-renowned author and spiritual teacher. Thus far, we've talked a great deal about the nature of the self, and obviously you have a concept of the self that is quite different from that that most people hold. And I'm wondering if you could explain in more detail what your concept is. I think that the understanding of the self is the most important understanding that the individual can have in life. And if we fail to understand the nature of the real self, We never really quite gain an orientation or an integration in our life. The self begins with that which is the permanent atom of being, the cause out of which the effect proceeds. For want of any other name, I call this cause the I am that I am, the presence of the I am, or the I am presence. I find that God, by any name, can be reduced to this sense of the eternal presence. It defines being, and I see it as a sphere of very intense light that marks the point of my origin. It is the permanent part of me, of which I am very aware, and the point to which I shall return at the conclusion of this life. I have diagrammed this real self in relationship to the outer evolving self on a chart which is called the chart of your divine self. The chart has three parts and in a sense could be called the trinity of our identity. First there is the upper figure which is a sphere of light. Then there is the lower figure which represents the soul evolving in matter or in time and space. Between the sphere of light above and the soul evolving below is the consciousness of the mediator or the go-between. The go-between is that portion of the self that can translate to the soul something of the I am that I am and the portion of the self that is real enough that can yet stand in the presence of God. This mediator we call the Christ self or the real self. It is the self that we are in a state of becoming through our evolution, through all of our experiences in time and space. You might say then that the lower figure in the chart would be the man, Jesus. The middle figure would be the self, the Christ. And the upper figure would be the one whom he called Father. We now see a relationship of Father or the All-Father, the Son, and the soul that is endowed with a flame of the Holy Spirit. That flame is the spark of life. It is a very real spiritual flame that is focused within the body at approximately the point of the heart center. It is in what is called the heart chakra, and it is the threefold flame of life. 
This is the endowment of our being with consciousness, with self-awareness, with all of the faculties which we enjoy, which are above the animal kingdom. The threefold flame, then, is the sacred fire which we are to become and which we are to implement and use as our resource for living and for evolving while we are on earth. Therefore, we see that the trinity that is now separate because of our consciousness, which is limited, will one day become one. We watch this in the life of Jesus. As he matures from birth to manhood, he walks more and more in the stature of his real self, his Christ self. We find him in the temple discoursing with the doctors at the age of 12. This is a sign that the Christ presence or the Christ self is overshadowing him and he is speaking the word of that Christ. We find him at the age of 30 in the full presence of the Christ so that his disciples recognize him. He calls them away from their nets to become fishers of men. He begins to heal, cast out demons, change the water into wine. This because the man Jesus has merged with the inner self, the Christ. He walks the earth for three years performing not miracles but the functions of cosmic law and then walking up Bethany's hill with his disciples after his resurrection, he disappears from their midst and a cloud receives him out of their sight. This cloud is the same cloud that appeared to the children of Israel. The pillar of fire and the cloud represent the I am that I am, the eternal presence. Jesus accelerated to the level of the Christ, then Jesus the Christ accelerated to the level of the I am that I am. This is the nature, the true nature, of the three in one. And so we, as heirs of Christ, heirs of Jesus, have come then to realize that same oneness, three out of one, one out of three. In other words, the Trinity is something that is present in all of us all the time. The Trinity is anchored in us in this threefold flame of power, wisdom, and love. The Father represents the power of the law, the Son is the wisdom of the law, and the Holy Spirit is the love action of the law. So it exists in us as potential. Until we have realized that potential, our relationship to Christ and to Father remains a separate one. And therefore, on the chart, we depict these three figures, one on earth, one higher above, and one still higher, until the distance allows individuals to think in terms of heaven and earth. Where does an ascended master fall on this chart? The ascended master is the one who has walked as the lower figure in the chart, as the one who has evolved as a soul, who has first realized his real self as the Christ and become one anointed with that mediator self. And then, at the conclusion of his life, he has reunited with the I am that I am. Therefore, the ascended master would be beyond the material plane in the spirit plane and yet as close as the air we breathe. When Jesus prayed to the Father, he was talking to himself, his real self then. He was talking to his I am presence and he was also talking to his inner teacher. Jesus also had a teacher and it is customary for us to think of our inner teacher or our inner guru as Father the teacher whom Jesus acknowledged in the place of his I am presence as being one with that I am presence on the path was one who is called Lord Maitreya or Maitreya, the coming Buddha of the East. Maitreya attained the Christ consciousness hundreds of years prior to the final incarnation of Jesus. He sponsored Jesus and he became the one that Jesus regarded in the person of Father as well as Jesus' own I am presence. Well, Jesus' life and teachings were in the Middle East. How was it that he was initiated in the teachings of the Far East? Well, no one has really successfully answered the question, where was Jesus between the age of 12 and 30? This is a long period of time for our beloved Master, considering what he accomplished in three short years. Perhaps if we could have known him, between the ages of 12 and 30, we would have found him practicing the 
laws of science and of truth which he demonstrated publicly in the final hours of his earthly life. It is my understanding that Jesus journeyed to the temples of the ascended masters which are found in Egypt at Luxor and in the Himalayas. When we journeyed to India, we were told by a number of guides that there are records of the coming of one who was called Jesus during the period of history when Jesus lived. And we do know from our verification by the Ascended Masters that Jesus was very humble and that in preparation for his mission, he desired to be trained in the very first steps of initiation. Many of the teachings which he brought forth, in fact, his mantras, I am the way, the truth, and the life, are actually taken from the Sanskrit, uh, which comes down to us through India from the ancient continent of Lemuria as the language which our very early ancestors used to meditate upon God and to practice the science of the spoken word. So the real self in which the Christ that we're familiar with is identified as the middle figure relates to the teachings of the Far East. Where would Buddha fall on that same chart? Buddha, then, as Siddhartha, the child who was born in his palace to wealth and to the surroundings of, of opportunity, becomes the soul who must mature and discover the real self. The real self which Gautama discovered after he left home to discover the cause of suffering, he defined as the Buddha. This is because his meditation was upon God through the crown chakra. And we call one who has attained the realization of God through the crown chakra the Buddha, whereas one who realizes God through the heart chakra we call the Christ. In reality, the Christ self or the real self contains all elements of consciousness. What is the crown chakra? The crown chakra and the term chakra is simply a Sanskrit word. It means wheel or center refers to seven sacred centers in our temple. The heart is the principal center. Then there is the throat, the third eye, and the crown of the head. Below the heart, there is the solar plexus, the seat of the soul, and the base of the spine. These seven centers are seven openings into another dimension. And by meditation upon these centers, we can experience God in different planes of consciousness. Each center, which is depicted as having a different number of petals, has a different frequency or a different vibration. If we center our meditation in the heart, we commune with love. If we center our meditation in the crown, we are communing in wisdom. If our meditation centers in the third eye, we have the power of concentration in truth. And the throat chakra, the power center, gives us the science of the spoken word. This might seem to imply that Buddha represented a higher evolution than Jesus. I don't know that we would call it higher. We would call it the way of the East. Buddha demonstrated the way of self-mastery. That was the dispensation for the evolutions of the East. Christ showed it for the evolutions of the West. We have reached a period now where there's an exchange between East and West, and we who live in the West must also pursue the type of mastery which Buddha demonstrated. Uh, Gautama taught for 40 years after his enlightenment under the bow tree. Jesus taught for three years. As Siddhartha, the child who was born in his palace to wealth and to the surroundings of, of opportunity, becomes the soul who must mature and discover the real self. The real self which Gautama discovered after he left home to discover the cause of suffering, he defined as the Buddha. This is because his meditation was upon God through the crown chakra. And we call one who has attained the realization of God through the crown chakra the Buddha, whereas one who realizes God through the heart chakra we call the Christ. 
In reality, the Christ self or the real self contains all elements of consciousness. What is the crown chakra? The crown chakra and the term chakra is simply a Sanskrit word. It means wheel or center, refers to seven sacred centers in our temple. The heart is the principal center. Then there is the throat, the third eye, and the crown of the head. Below the heart, there is the solar plexus, the seat of the soul, and the base of the spine. These seven centers are seven openings into another dimension. And by meditation upon these centers, we can experience God in different planes of consciousness. Each center, which is depicted as having a different number of petals, has a different frequency or a different vibration. If we center our meditation in the heart, we commune with love. If we center our meditation in the crown, we are communing in wisdom. If our meditation centers in the third eye, we have the power of concentration in truth. And the throat chakra, the power center, gives us the science of the spoken word. This might seem to imply that Buddha represented a higher evolution than Jesus. I don't know that we would call it higher. We would call it the way of the East. Buddha demonstrated the way of self-mastery. That was the dispensation for the evolutions of the East. Christ showed it for the evolutions of the West. We have reached a period now where there is an exchange between East and West, and we who live in the West must also pursue the type of mastery which Buddha demonstrated. Uh, Gautama taught for 40 years after his enlightenment under the bow tree. Jesus taught for three years. When we come back, we will continue our exploration of who we are and the nature of our real self. Don't go away. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Explore the infinite possibilities of the unknown. Learn about the mysterious and mythical realms through time and space. Realize your inner truth. Tune in to Spirit Walker with Dr. Jeffrey Pierce and co-host Cindy Pierce. Dr. Pierce is a true intuitive. He is legally blind, uses no cards, pendulums, or guides, and has been found to have 97% consistent accuracy based on testing by the United Kingdom Institute of Psychic Sciences Research Center. Listen for topics that others are afraid to address on Spirit Walker, Wednesday at 1 p.m. East, 10 a.m. West, on 7th Wave Network. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God, and as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To master yourself in order to graduate from Earth's schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. Call it nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. Are you looking to discover who you really are? Do you want to know your true self and your soul purpose? Tune in to Sacred Light Wisdom with your host, Seti Nave. Let Seti be your guide to be self-empowered and learn about the magical arts. Seti's guests are made up of practitioners, teachers, and life-minded people who are interested in more than just going through the motions. You will learn to manifest your dreams when you tune in to Sacred Light Wisdom, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on 7th Wave Network. Be Extraordinary. 7th Wave Network. You are listening to 
The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, we now continue our interview with Elizabeth Clare Prophet, who will delve more deeply into our true nature as spiritual beings, into the concept of discipleship as a path to realizing our God potential, and will be introduced to the subject of the seven primary rays of God as pathways to achieving self-mastery and wholeness. What does the flame in the heart have to do with the path of discipleship in the Aquarian age? There have been disciples of Christ and of Buddha for thousands of years. Even before the coming of Christ and Buddha, there were followers of the essential flame of God. Discipleship, then, can best be studied in the lives of the great disciples of East and West. I was thinking this morning of St. John of the Cross, who wrote The Living Flame of Love. The fulfillment of his life was the discovery of this intense love of God, whereby God gives himself totally to his servant, and the servant gives himself totally to God. And in this consummation of love there is a fusion, whereby God becomes man and man becomes God. This is only possible through the threefold flame in the heart. It is only possible because God has already endowed us with sonship by placing within us that portion of the Christ, the only begotten of the Father, Mother, God. John the Beloved, who was the closest disciple of Jesus, the true mystic of the Twelve, understood this joint heirship, and he understood that now are we the sons of God. The implication here is that we have been endowed with the same essential flame of the light and of the word which Jesus had. And this is our moment, our hour of initiation to draw forth that flame through Jesus, through Saint Germain, through Gautama Buddha, through Mother Mary, through all of the sons and daughters who have found the same key to unlock the potential of God and that key is this flame within the heart. Discipleship, then, is a very important relationship because the disciple who places himself under the tutelage of a master, an ascended master, let us say, of Jesus, stands in line to receive not only the training and the teaching, but the very consciousness of God of his own master. This hierarchical relationship has been known as that of the guru and the chila in the East, and as the master and the disciple in the West. It is a path that has been outlined. It is known in every way. Buddha had his closest disciples. Elijah had his disciple Elisha, who received his mantle when he was taken up in a chariot of fire. Elisha then went forth and smote the waters of the River Jordan with that mantle. The significance of the mantle is the momentum. It represents the attainment or the realization of God of the teacher, which at a certain point the teacher passes on to the disciple. The teacher withdraws, and the disciple then holds the key position of teacher to those who are coming after. In this manner, the traditions of the Buddha, the Christ, have been handed down to us from teacher to pupil all through the ages. What I'd like to talk about in terms of discipleship are the many paths that are open to us as we pursue the way back home. We've talked about the seven rays, and I'm wondering what the seven rays have to do with this concept of discipleship that you mentioned. Well, in order to accelerate the consciousness of God within us and to magnetize the flame of the ascension, each of us as a disciple must attain to a certain mastery on each of these seven rays. What are the seven rays? The seven rays come out of the white light of the Holy Spirit. You might say that the Holy Spirit is the full complement 
of all of the rays of the Christ consciousness. As we walk toward the fullness of the expression of the Holy Spirit, we are required to discipline ourselves on one of these seven rays. From the first to the seven, these rays are noted by the spectrum of color which we see in the rainbow. And so the first ray would be the ray of God's will, which has a frequency which vibrates in the spectrum of blue. Those who serve on this ray are those who are inclined to lead, to govern, to administer, to organize, and to execute. And they are very much concerned with the order and the energy of God's will. They are great devotees of the will of God. Even if they may not call it the will of God, they insist upon order and system in their lives, and they are very devoted to this order. The Chohan, which simply means Lord, the Lord of this ray, the one who is the teacher of disciples who serve on this ray, is the Ascended Master El Moria. El Moria was embodied as St. Thomas More, a great devotee of the will of God. His retreat is in Darjeeling, India, and there he receives chilas or disciples of the will of God who may journey to this retreat while their bodies sleep, as the soul takes leave of the body in the etheric envelope and becomes a part of the cosmic schoolroom. The second ray, the ray of wisdom, vibrates in the color spectrum of yellow. It is the focus of illumination, the illumined action of God. Its Chohan, or Lord, is Lanto. Many servants of the wisdom of God have been the teachers of mankind through the ages. Lord Lanto serves from the retreat of the Royal Teton in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, which is congruent with the Grand Teton. This is the ray of those who teach, who understand, and who know God through this illumined action of His wisdom and the wisdom of His law. These are the quiet souls, like St. Francis of Assisi, who, as the Ascended Master Kuthumi, occupied the position of Chohan of this ray until recently when Kuthumi became a world teacher. Lord Lanto's evolution was in ancient China, and there, through the wisdom schools, he drew forth the light of the heart. All of those who are seeking to know God by the mind of Christ and the mind of Buddha are followers and disciples on this ray. The third ray is the love of God, the very essence of this consummation of oneness in the Holy Spirit. Through this ray, whose spectrum and frequency is pink and rose, come the artists, those who are the creative, sensitive, and intuitive souls. These are the ones who serve mankind through love, through charity and compassion, and they find their oneness with a greater self in many creative avenues. The Lord of this ray is Paul the Venetian, who was embodied as Paolo Veronese, the great Italian artist. Art, sculpture, and all forms of self-expression are disciplined by Paul as he receives disciples in his retreat, the Chateau de Liberté, which is in southern France. The fourth ray extols the purity of God and his discipline. Disciples of this ray come under the disciplines of Serapis Bay, whose retreat is the Ascension Temple at Luxor, Egypt. This white flame is the way of those who would contact the blueprint, the inner design of their handiwork, and in the honor and the integrity of the soul's oneness with the law of perfection, they pursue the discipline of the mastery of their sacred labor the work of their hands, which is the work of the Father, Mother God, through them. These are the disciplined ones who are seeking ultimate reunion through the greatest sacrifice of the self. This is the way of those who commune in the wholeness of the consciousness of the Divine Mother through purity of body, mind, and soul. The color white, of course, embodies all of the rays. 
and therefore ultimately the disciplines of each of the seven rays bring one to this doorway to the ascension the soul's eternal liberation the fifth ray is the ray of truth and the science of God it is the ray of healing and abundance its Chohan or Lord is Hilarion who was embodied as the Apostle Paul and his retreat is the temple of truth on the etheric plane congruent with the island of Crete on this ray scientists doctors healers mathematicians musicians pursue a scientific mastery of the self and of the planes of spirit and matter this they do through the quest for truth in every discipline including the healing arts and so the fifth ray becomes the means whereby those who require the logic of the logos can find their way back to the Christ consciousness back to the God design the sixth ray is the ray of the master Jesus of peace and the ministration of God it is the way of the selfless servant Jesus for 2,000 years has served as the Lord of this ray and has ministered to the evolutions whose way is the way of overcoming as he taught it now as this 2,000 year cycle is turning Jesus serves as world teacher and the beloved Chohan Nada has become the Lord of this ray this then is the way of those who minister in the energies of peace to the evolutions of earth as counselors and comforters in every walk of life their inner vow is I am my brother's keeper and their sole motto is he that would be great among you let him be the servant of all the color frequency is the spectrum of both purple and gold the purple and gold the twin flames of the Christhood on this sixth ray the seventh ray is the ray of freedom and the forgiveness of God through the alchemy of the Holy Spirit it is the way of the priests of the order of Melchizedek it is also the way of those who are one with the great dramatist God himself who has conceived of the world as a stage upon which we all play our roles the alchemy of the seventh ray is of the Aquarian age it is truly the way of soul freedom and its Chohan or Lord is Saint Germain who is known as the God of freedom to the earth the master of the Aquarian cycle Saint Germain is the scientist who sponsors invention innovation great genius and the mastery of the matter plane through technology but he teaches the law of selflessness and non-attachment so that science can never become a dead materialism but a materialization of the God flame whereby we realize in matter the fullness of the living God thank you very much Stay tuned, we'll be right back. Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God, and as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To master yourself in order to graduate from Earth's schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. Call it Nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God.
Ready to lift your spirit? Join Karen Tatanich every week for Spirit Connections. Karen will share with you the power of energy work. It can get you through the good times and the tough times. Karen will bring together stories of hope and good news based on her work with all aspects of energy. There are people and companies out there that are bringing joy to our planet. You'll learn about the power of spirit at home, at work, and at play. Spirit Connections is broadcast live Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on 7th Wave Network. Listening on a higher dimension. 7th Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Joining us now is Reverend Sidney Bennett, who is here to answer all your questions. Hello, Reverend Bennett. Thanks for being here. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be with you. We received quite a few email questions. The first one is from Dylan in Mentor, Ohio, who asks, In your last segment, it was said that we are all sons and daughters of God with the same ability to unlock the potential of God within us. I was brought up to believe that Jesus is the only Son of God. Can you help me understand how we can all be sons of God? This is an absolutely amazing teaching. In traditional Christianity, we are all sinners, and the old concept of original sin, and Jesus came to save us from that. Well, yes, we have all sinned, but we're not sinners by nature. We're God by nature. We were made in God's own image. And we know that we have the potential to become all of this because Jesus told us the kingdom of God is within us. So the true teaching of Jesus for this age is not that he is the exception, but he is the path of which we are to follow, that we can be like him. This does in any way reduce Jesus in our lives or his role or his uh, wonderful service to this planet or who, who he is to us individually, but it was, does tell us that his life was lived so we might emulate that. And it is not the exception, but is the rule. And so we understand we have a path to walk just like Jesus walked. This is exciting, this is amazing, and it's a path that the world needs to know about because this is the true teaching of Jesus. Thank you. Um, here's a question from Jennifer in Modesto, California. What exactly is the violet flame? I heard it mentioned a moment ago, but I don't know what it does or how to use it. And how does it dissolve sin? Well, violet flame is an amazing power of God. It's not necessarily a physical flame that we can see, but nonetheless it is a flame. It is a spiritual flame that has the power to change, to transmute, to repolarize energy, if you will, from, from any negative qualification. For instance, if you were um, very angry at someone, you take the energy that God has given you and put anger in it. Well, how do you, how do you deal with that? How do you balance that karma, if you will? You can't call back the energy. What you can do is call forth the violent flame, which is another name for the mercy flame or the forgiveness flame. You ask for forgiveness, and you send forth that violent flame into whatever you did to the person that was affected by you, and you can literally change what you have sent forth before. It's a way of balancing karma. It's a way of becoming more of God, and it's a wonderful thing to put into relationships. If you kind of go at loggerheads with some people for no apparent reason, then try the violet flame. Ask for God to put the violet flame in a relationship. Call forth that forgiveness. It can bring forth healing and change. And yes, it can dissolve mistakes and errors that we call sin. Can you give us an example of how to evoke the violet flame? Well, for instance, all you have to do is ask in the name of God for this violet flame to come forth. It's an aspect of God. It's an aspect of the Holy Spirit. So you can say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I call forth the violet flame, the forgiveness flame, into my relationship with some other person, some dynamic, some situation. And if you repeat that, you can call forth that light many times over. I know I grew up in the Protestant church. We had responsive readings, and we repeated things. And so the violent flame, as you call it forth from God, you can repeat that and call forth more, more flame for more healing. Thank you. Natalie in Montreal asks, is there any special training or education I need to follow the teachings of the Ascended Masters? Natalie, all you need is an open heart. And an understanding there's more to this world than perhaps we've been taught by traditional religions, by the traditional church, and by the media of the world today. God will meet you where you're at, and the only qualification you have is a desire and interest to learn, to serve, and to become more of God. And even if you don't understand everything, God will take you by the hand and lead you step by step. 
Um, Bernard, I think it's Bernard, yes, from Austin, Texas, writes, of the seven rays mentioned, is there one that might be considered my primary? I mean, do I maybe have more of one than another? Well, I think that's typically true. As Mrs. Prophet explained in the segment we just heard, we, we, we generally major on one ray, and you can kind of tell what it is. If you're in the healing arts or music, then probably you're on the green ray. If you're in the government service or if you're a leader, you're probably on the first ray. But it's important to remember that we also have other rays, and we have to balance those seven rays in our beings even as we're majoring in one. And it helps to explain, for example, a Mozart that came forth as a child prodigy. How did someone come forth with this tremendous momentum on music and creativity? Well, the answer is they got it from other lifetimes, that they had built a momentum and brought that to them to this life. And so God opened that up to them at an early age, and so that's how they were able to produce such beautiful music. Or even a, a sports figure or a, a teacher or a surgeon, they have a momentum that they built on that ray, and it's their gift to God and man, and it's something that they lay upon the altar that is very unique and special to them. It's also important, however, to have all the rays uh, in your life, not just one, because you need those rays to balance yourself out, and you must be balanced to hold that light of God in all the rays, even as you perhaps major in one. That's funny. It's like, it's like college. I can't wait for my undergraduate work. <laughs> thanks, Reverend Bennett, and thanks to all of you who have written us. If you've got any questions for us about the Summit Lighthouse, the teachings of the Ascended Masters, or anything else that's on your heart, please email your questions or comments to webradio at tsl.org. We'll do our best to respond to all of them, even on the air, time permitting. And when we return for today's final segment, we'll hear from a young adult about living a spiritual life in today's world. We'll also begin a special series of preparedness tips for surviving and thriving in uncertain times. And we'll close our program with a feature we call Everyday Kindness with Terry Kennedy, the world's nicest man. We'll be right back. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God. And as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To master yourself in order to graduate from Earth's schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. Call it Nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific time. 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. You 
are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Well, thanks for staying with us. We really appreciate it. Now, discussing who we are as spiritual beings is one thing. Putting it into action is quite another. In this segment, we put a practical spin on the spiritual journey. Exactly, Tom. Every week, we're going to offer practical tools for your spiritual toolbox. We'll not only hear how to cope with modern spiritual challenges, but how to deal with important issues such as physical survival as well. We'll begin with a young person's perspective. And if you're a young adult in today's world, you know just how hard it is to walk a spiritual path. And we can all learn a lot from the young. Hi, my name is Eric Fan, and I'm an 18-year-old from Bozeman, Montana, and I'd like to share my experiences with you on spirituality. And throughout my life, I've learned a lot with my experiences in spirituality. I feel as though I've received intangible experiences and knowledge that has helped me to better understand the world around me. Perhaps the most important thing I've learned in studying the teachings is how we incorporate all beliefs in a manner that truly resonates with all, if they just take the time to stop and think. Doesn't it make sense that if so many major world religions have a single deity, then all these religions are just various takes on the one supreme being? In my mind, this belief forms a common thread that is the presence of God himself manifested in many forms throughout all religions. The Summit Lighthouse ties all these religions together by incorporating principles of most major world religions and making room for many different beliefs to be incorporated as one. Another aspect of my life that is very important is practical spirituality which is when one weighs his actions ahead of time against his own moral compass to determine whether or not his actions will benefit oneself and those around him. This principle is reinforced through the principle of karma. All the actions or thoughts that one commits translates into either a positive or negative in the future. We practice common sense tactics such as the golden rule and really just serving others to decrease the amount of bad karma and increase the amount of good karma that comes our way. My experience on a spiritual journey as a whole has truly shaped my life making me more understanding towards others' beliefs, loving towards all, courageous and assertive to state my own beliefs, and truly just brought me closer to God by exemplifying those qualities and attributes that he has. Although I still have a long, hard journey ahead of me, I feel as though I have an advantage over others by being a part of this religion because it gives me a more well-rounded picture of the way religions are intertwined and the ability to utilize the principles of every religion. In the end, I know the trek upward will be worth the inconvenience. Thank you. And thank you, Eric. Uh, it's really a comfort to know that as we look at passing the torch to the young, there are people like Eric out there who we can confidently pass it to. I'm grateful. And we'd like to have you also go and check out Craig's website for preparedness, survival, and wholesome living, www.wholesomebalance.com. Hi, everyone. This is Craig Nicholson with tips for being prepared. I think a good place to begin our series is to cover how to start off with a survival preparedness program. The key is to do it in stages and not to try to do everything at once, which can be overwhelming. So start off by getting prepared for a short-term emergency, like a power outage for a few days. Even though surviving at home is much easier than surviving outdoors, you still need to put considerable thought and resources into it. So go through in your head or on a piece of paper all that you might need and make sure you have all of the tools and equipment needed for it. The areas you need to think about include first aid supplies, personal items for your hygiene and comfort, water, food, equipment like a flashlight and batteries, and sanitation. You need to think of this in detail. For example, if you have canned food, how will you open it if there is no electricity? Do you have a manual can opener? So this exercise will give you something to work on this week. Remember that the best strategy for preparedness is to prepare for the worst, then have peace of mind and live for the best. God expects us to be practical, even like wearing seat belts in our cars and to do our best for the safety of our family and ourselves. And then we trust God to take care of the rest. That's all for this week. Until next week, happy prepping.
But remember, in uncertain times, the basic preparation for emergencies is always the prudent way to go. If the unexpected happens, are you going to be ready? And now it's time for Everyday Kindness with Terry Kennedy, the world's nicest man. Hi, this is Terry Kennedy, and this is my kind thought for the day. How many of us have received an unsolicited sales call just as we're sitting down for a bite to eat? The worst ones seem to come in the evening, and maybe even on a Sunday night. And you can always tell a computerized, automated dial call by that short delay between the time that you answer the phone and say hello, and the time it takes for the party on the other end to say, hello, is Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so there? First of all, if they mispronounce your name, you know they don't know you from Adam. And then you hear them read the first line of their script. Regardless of your response, they will move on to the second and third lines of their script. Now, the easiest thing in the world to do is just hang up the phone, but that's too easy. What you want to do is help make their day and give them a little lift, without necessarily having to buy their product or spend a lot of time on the phone with them, answering a bunch of personal questions while your food gets cold. So here's what you do. You keep your harmony and stay centered in your heart. You utilize the power of the thank you phrase, and you say something like this. No, but thank you anyway. I'm not interested, but God bless you and good fortune in the work you're doing. That's usually all it takes, and the person on the other end of the line will usually respond with something like, Okay, thank you very much. So looky here. You kept your harmony. They kept theirs. You thanked them, and they thanked you. And you sent God's blessings and good fortune to them over the phone line, and now the world's a better place. You see, there are no accidents in the universe. Maybe next time you'll look forward to one of those calls just to see how well you do and how much better you'll feel after you hang up the phone. It's a lot more fun than getting angry, and it's another way we can be more kind to one another. And remember, it doesn't take much to be kind, and kindness really feels good. Thanks for being with us today on The Open Door. Please join us again next week and we'll focus on the question, Why am I here? In the meantime... May you come to know that the light of God never fails. And remember that no matter what happens, you've got friends on the path. You know, it's important to remember that little things do have great power. A smile and a kind word can literally change someone's life. And that's why it's so important to develop the kindness mindset. Yeah, you know, it takes practice to step outside of what you might be feeling and give kindness to others, but it's more than worth it. Not to mention gaining a few good karma points along the way. Ah, <laughs> karma. Now that's something we'll be talking a lot about in upcoming programs. For now, we'll just plant that seed and reap what we sow. Thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.